Hello and welcome to My Biggest Lesson, the show that brings you the key learnings from the most influential founders, executives, and investors in the Colorado tech community. My name is Adam Burrows. And I'm Chris Erickson. Together, we are the co-founders of Range Ventures. An early stage venture firm based in Denver. You can find out more about what we're up to at range.vc. Our guest this week is Abby Mercado. Abby is the co-founder and CEO of Rescripted, the leading global media platform for fertility, which provides content, tools, and resources for wherever you are on your journey to build a family. She's a former VC investor and was an early employee at two energy startups, one of which she co-founded, and she took her current company through Techstars Boulder. Abby, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to chat with you guys today. We've talked a few times over the years. And I've seen the genesis and uh, development of your business a little bit. We'd love to hear for everybody else your story and how you came to, to start Rescripted. Absolutely. would love to share. So I am Texas born and raised and I spent a couple of years in New York and then I moved to Denver to work for a handful of startups before moving on to a VC firm where I invested mostly in B2B SaaS. And while I was in VC, I, I knew it wasn't for me and I was more or less searching for my next thing. I really I looked at entrepreneurs that that I was working with and I just really wanted to be them. And so I knew that I wanted to start my own thing. So I was really searching for an idea, you know, kind of at this moment that I was like, okay, I want to go back to entrepreneurship. I underwent IVF treatments um, to conceive my now three and a half year old twins, Max and Annie. And I became really passionate about solving problems in the fertility space. And, you know, I I, I do have a, a bit of a, a sad founder story. I, I unfortunately miscarried because I overdosed on an IVF medication. So that really prompted me to to want to start a business in this space. And we were lucky enough to kick off the business uh, during Techstars 2020 in Boulder. And things just kind of took off from there. So we've, we've done a couple of different things. But today, we are the number one global media platform for fertility, um, providing content tools and resources for wherever you are on your journey to build a family. I would love to hear a little bit. I mean, that's that's awesome and obviously an important mission. I'd love to hear a little bit about your experience in terms of VC and realizing that wasn't for you investing and then going back in the operating side. Obviously, Chris and I know a little bit about that and have gone the other way. Depends on your personality and what you like to do, but would love to hear your, your take on that. So I came into VC as a pre-partner and I actually I came from the entrepreneurial space, so you know I I had co-founded a company prior to to joining a VC firm um, called Altera Group here here in Denver, investing mostly mostly in the energy space, um, which is what my background was in, and you know I. I learned so much. So, you know, as a pre-partner, it was really an apprenticeship, if you will. And, you know, so I was, we were investing, it, it turned out investing in a lot of B2B SaaS that was making the energy industry just super efficient, much, much more, much more efficient than it, than it had been prior. And I, 
I just, where I got my inspiration was these founders that we were investing in. And, you know, I, I looked at them and I said, you guys are having a ton of fun and I, I want to create. I don't actually think I'm in a place where I can be a partner at a VC firm. You know, I, I didn't have enough to offer to, to be like totally candidate. We're, I know I've lived, listened to all of your uh, podcast episodes, of course. And, you know, I, you know, being totally authentic here, I, I didn't feel like I had as much to offer as a pre-partner. I had so much more to learn. And you know, I was I was quite jealous of these founders having a lot of a lot of fun on the other side and just getting to create. And you know, I really saw myself there instead at that point in my career. So that's that's why I made the switch. So Abby, want to talk a bit about Denver before we jump into your biggest lesson. You know, I think you have a really unique perspective given the amount of time you, you've spent here and both, you know, sort of in the ecosystem from an investor and then now on the other side. How have you seen the ecosystem evolve over the last several years? In, in a really amazing way. I think that I was certainly born as an entrepreneur in Denver when I moved here in 2011. But I was in the energy space, which is a little bit siloed from the rest of the startup ecosystem. So I, <laughs> so when I, and you know, to kind of give a funny anecdote, when I came up with the idea for the business, I was 26 weeks pregnant with twins. And my husband and I had just gone on a road trip around Texas, which is where we're from. And and kind of conceptualize this idea. And I was, you know, I was, I was Googling around. And at that point, it was a B2B to C medication management platform. And, you know, we had the intention of selling to fertility clinics and then getting into specialty medications, you know, much more so in other disease states. And so that was the idea. And we loved it. And, you know, we, I, we just really latched onto it. So writing lines of code, that is not me. That is not what I'm good at. I don't know how to do that, actually, to be authentic and super candid. But I, you know, have great ideas. I, you know, consider myself somebody with a vision and, you know, somebody who can carry out that vision. And so Googling around for, I, I think I literally Googled, how do you find a technical co-founder? So I, I think it's somewhere in the, in the Googles, I found a Techstars startup weekend women Denver. And I said, okay, interesting. Like, what is this? Is this a hackathon, as they say? Sure. Like, you know, this sounds cool. So I ended up just kind of taking the leap into a different side of the startup world, just on the front range in this ecosystem. And I ended up winning the whole thing, which was really cool and was really kind of my my introduction to that that different side of the ecosystem. And af after I won, I just I was surrounded by this amazing mentorship and mostly from women. And, you know, they they followed me around and they said, Hey, you have really got to quit your job and do this. Like you seem really, really passionate. And, you know, eventually I, I met Natty Zola and, you know, he was really a person who was super critical in my career as a founder who said, yeah, no, you can't do this full time. Like you can't do this part time. You're going to need to do this full time. Like I really, really do think you can do this. So I think having so many people who are just really willing to give first above all and you know really push me to start a business full time and telling me that I can do it it might seem seem scary but you have the passion and the drive and you know kind of the vision that was something that is just it must be unique about this ecosystem at other parts in my career I haven't I haven't received as much as much mentorship and you know as many people who are willing to say Abby I believe in you like let's do this and let's do this together and how can I support you? So that's what I really love about the front range and about being an investor and, you know, most importantly, a founder in this in this part of the world. 
That's great. Well, what was your experience like, Abby, going through Techstars? Oh, man, it's it was just the best thing ever. It really was. Um, Techstars is amazing. I'll never, you know, I consider myself a lifetime entrepreneur and ever entrepreneur. You know, I, I definitely, I don't think I, I will start a business without applying to Techstars ever again. <laughs> it's been, it, it was just an amazing way. And we were lucky enough to launch the business through Techstars. And, you know, even today, our board of advisors consists of two of our mentors that we met uh, during Mentor Madness. If, if listeners are familiar with how Techstars works, but it's, you know, very uh, a mentorship driven accelerator. So yeah, it was, it was incredible and, you know, highly recommended. It's very competitive, but it's, it's worth it and definitely give up the equity. You know, it's, it's definitely changed the course of, you know, my, my life, my career, and very much affected the way that, that, you know, I run the culture at Rescripted and the team at Rescripted. So it's, 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 it's Techstars is very much in, in the fiber of everything that we're building. Well, that's where, where you and I originally met too, is through Mentor Madness. And so Chris yeah. and I continue to be big fans and supporters of Techstars and that, and that, uh, that model. It's a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, what's, Abby, what's the company that you're really excited about in the local ecosystem that's not rescripted? Yeah. So I love, I love companies that are mission driven and, you know, I love investing in founders. So, you know, I write super tiny checks. I call myself a cherub investor, but I, I love, I love supporting founders in that space. And one of the founders that I love supporting is the, the founder and CEO of Wander and Ivy. So it is single source organic wine in a beautiful bottle, you know, with the idea that we're really reducing waste. You know, if you're if you're a millennial woman who is, you know, not not super excited about having an entire bottle of wine on a Tuesday night before 6 a.m. spin class on on Wednesday morning, maybe you just want a glass and you don't want it from a can. You want it from a from, from a beautiful bottle. So you wanna, you know, have a wonderful experience while also keeping an eye on sustainability. And, and our footprint in this world. So Wander and Ivy. So I'm really excited about that business. Awesome. Well, Abby, want to jump into why we're here and get to the biggest lessons. So I'm sure both as an investor and a founder and an operator and also an angel investor too, that you've had a chance to learn a lot of different lessons in your career. But we'd love to hear what your biggest lesson is, how you learned it and how you put that lesson into practice today. Yeah. So my biggest lesson is that pivots are cool. So I think that that pivots get a bad rap in in the startup space. And you know, I think I what I have learned is that pivots are really great. We've we've pivoted two big times um, at this business. We've always had the same mes- mission, but how we actually achieve that mission has changed. And you know, it's been and I I think it it kind of goes back to following the data and saying, okay, like we have this big dream and this big goal. And if the data that we're looking at isn't exactly aligning with, you know, if, it, if it's not going up and to the right, not being afraid to kind of change course and, and you know, take a bet on something else that that we think is is going to work, but then you know also having the ability to to fail fast and and lead lead through choppy waters. So you know I think big pivots are important, um, but I think small pivots every single day. Like if we think about if we think about everything that we do in life and in business, we're always pivoting. We're always making small pivots and. In that sense, like we're we're learning from the data. It's it's also kind of that concept of 
one of my personal goals is to always have a growth mindset. And if you're not pivoting, if you're not making those small pivots or big pivots, you're not learning, you're not growing. So if I'm not pivoting, I'm not, I'm not meeting my own, my own personal goal and my business goal as well. Abby, first, I'm disappointed because I thought you were going to say pivot tables are cool. <laughs> and as someone who recently watched the Excel World Championships, um, I would have been even more excited about that. But I can see how your lesson is more relevant to what we're talking <laughs> um, about today. So two follow-ups, though, to that. And we'd love to try to get super tactical and maybe tap into some actual experiences. Can you share with us sort of one of the big pivots you made, sort of how you came to that decision. But I'm also more curious as to how you communicated that decision to your team in a way that still instilled confidence and kept them believing in what you were doing. Because I've, I've often seen founders lose teams when they pivot because they don't do the communication piece well. Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry, I'm not here to talk about pivot tables, but I can. I, I did start my career as an investment banking analyst. And, you know, I can work Excel without a mouse, which is a little bit of a fun fact on me. We'll, we'll, we'll have a follow up. We'll have a follow up podcast about that. You can, you can figure it out on that. Let's see, I'll, so I'll describe kind of our, our biggest pivot. So when we launched the business through Techstars, um, it was in 2020, the year the world fell apart, right? So our biggest, our biggest pivot, um, our first pivot was when we built the business, we thought we were going to be a B2B2C medication management platform for IVF medications. We made a ton of traction. So, you know, we started working with a handful of very large fertility clinics and things went well. We liked what we were seeing. We liked the data. Our investors liked the data. And, you know, things really, you know, things really were going well. And it was November of 2020 when we there was a blocker. So, you know, there's a, a big issue in healthcare is interoperability. So how do different systems talk to other systems? And you know, the EMRs, um, the electronic medical record systems are really, they have the keys to the castle. And if they don't want to play nicely in the sandbox, you're kind of SOL. And so that happened to us. So there's a large EMR in the fertility space. And, you know, they, they basically said pound sand, like everything that you're doing, we can do that. We can do that too. And we can do it better, which by the way, is totally false. And they still haven't done it. But we, we made a really tough decision. We, you know, my co-founder and I pair, we looked at each other and we said, this is, this is not going to be sustainable. Like we, we have to make kind of a, a quick switch in, in our strategy. And, you know, this feels really scary right now. Are we going to piss off our investors? Like, are we going to stay together as co-founders? We really love working together, but you no, know, it was, it was really scary. We didn't know if it was going to work out. And so we, we looked at each other and we said, what do we really want to do? Like we're, we're a mission driven company. What do we really want to do? We want to affect people's lives positively. You know, we work in an industry where there are a lot of mission driven founders in healthcare. So how are we going to affect the most lives effectively? And that was going direct to consumer. And that felt really scary because we weren't direct to consumer people. We didn't know that. We were B2B SaaS people. We we ultimately built something direct to consumer that is so much bigger 
right now than what we could have ever built B2B. So, you know, it was a pivot that felt super scary at the time, but it turned out so much better. And, you know, I think we were brave enough to not continue to put a square ha- square peg in a round hole, but actually rethink the problem um, and use a lot of the tools that we knew from our past startup experience, from our tech stars experience, from my investing experience, etc., and kind of use that to and repurpose it for something just so much bigger and better. How did you know it was time to pivot? Right in this case, you, you mentioned the EMR. But how did you know it was a time to, to call it versus, oh, let's keep trying. Let's try a different angle there. Let's yeah. talk to the right people. No, let's just make a clean break and do something else. I I think, gosh, I hate to bring up Natty again. He's like getting so much airtime. But I remember, I remember like a really, I think there was a point where I was, I think I was just in denial. And I was, you know, talking to every single mentor and, you know, they were... They were saying, "Why, you know, exactly what you just said, Adam." Like they were, they were saying, "Well, why didn't you try it this way? Why didn't you try it that way?" And you know, in my head, I'm like, you know, we we've either tried that or we could try it, and but we like don't think it'll work. And you know, ultimately, I I sent I sent Natty a, a voice message, and I was like, "What do you think? Like, give me your your honest opinion." And you know, she was like. Honestly, this doesn't sound good. <laughs> you know, he was he was just really he was really honest with me and, you know, I think that any time that you have kind of one key blocker that is blocking out so much of the market, that was this EMR for us. They had 50% market share. And at that point, we, you know, we had dreams of moving beyond the fertility space, but we needed to cut our teeth in the fertility space and we weren't being given that ability to cut our teeth in the fertility space. And, you know, if that's going to be what we're best at, that's not going to be good if we can't, if we can't kind of pull more of this market share. So, you know, I think it was, it was just hearing, hearing something hard from somebody that, that I respected so much and, you know, kind of also taking a step back and saying, okay, he's right. And here's this data that actually suggests that, you know, this is something like he's, he's pretty spot on. Um, let's rethink this. Yeah, I think I think knowing when to pull the plug is one of the hardest things, you know, and, and I was talking to a founder, actually another founder this morning, and they've got an initiative that, you know, in my opinion, feels like they need to move on and they know it too, but it's always just about to work. It's just around the corner, right? There's always one more thing we can try. And I think your advice of actually maybe finding some mentors who can really be objective and, and you know, can give you some information that maybe you don't want to hear. And entrusting them as an objective outsider, um, that's a really good way to go. Yeah. And I think it's always, it's always all about, we don't have, we talk about, we talk about winning and losing, right? But it's really not that black and white in, in startup land. You know, my coach is always saying, like, it's not a loss, Abby. It's a learning. It's a learning. So these big pivots and even these small daily pivots, they're not, it's not losing. It's always winning because you're learning. And if you're not learning, you're kind of dead in the water. Making a mistake is not the, the, the mistake. It's not changing yeah. or, or learning or adjusting. That's the ultimate mistake. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Abby, thanks so much. This is a fantastic lesson that I know a lot of people can benefit from. Where can folks get in touch with you or follow what you're up to with Rescripted? Yeah, absolutely. Follow us on social. We have a a large Instagram presence. So please follow us at Fertility Rescripted on Instagram and reach out to me. Would love to chat. Abby at Rescripted.com. Thanks so much, Abby. 
Best of luck. Thanks, guys.